baby girl Tell me how did you squeeze up in them jeans What you mean? I know there's room for me to fit between It's obscene The way you move that thing like a machine So with me A back like that should be a magazine Look, baby, you got me sick right now Cause girl, you looking too thick right now And if you want to, we can dip right now Yo, grip on my crib, we can get right now
when we're at ground zero. We are simply on solid ground. We're not at rock bottom. We're on solid ground where we can gain our footing, dig in deeply, and prepare to propel ourselves to new heights. Now, many of you, if you've been following the Healing Through Heard iDog Radio Network, you know that our opening and closing songs are always by the artist Tori Lee. Well, this is the iconic song for Focus After Dark. The title is Feel the Beat. And again, it's Tori Lee. It's Miss Tori Lee again. So if you want to look her up, listen to all of her music. Her name is T-O-R-I. Last name, L-E-E. So, we're just going to jump right into this. But before we do, um, if you all are believers and you have any type of faith, I'm asking you to keep my family in your prayers right before the program, shortly before the program. I um, received news that my son-in-law has covid and um, he's been feeling badly for a couple days now. And um, just keep us in your prayers. Um, as we all know that uh, we have to keep moving. We have to keep believing that things will be okay. We cannot allow our lives to stop because of COVID. So here I am this evening with you to uh, make sure that this pre-planned premiere goes off and um, I just want you all to know that yeah it's um, the closer it gets you know it just seems that it's been creeping up on family member to family member to family member and I hear the same thing, you know, that he wore the mask, he washed his hands, he practiced safe distancing and the whole nine yards, and he still ended up with COVID. So tonight is not about that, but I mean, people, this is real. It's out there. And sometimes no matter how safe we are, COVID finds a way. So um, could you just keep my son-in-law and your prayers and his family, my daughter-in-law and my grandsons, and um, pray for his speedy recovery. Uh, So with that said, um, tonight's program, it's kind of um, falls into my morning uh, motivation for today where I talked about strays, but... um, as I uh, bridge the two together, you know, tonight is all about getting along with your exes. Um, it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of continuing relationships with. Uh, let me know what you think and your experiences. And some people who saw the promotions for the program Uh, I got some interesting feedback, and um, as I was saying earlier today, you know, some are great, some are not, and some just think, so what, they really don't care. But I want to touch on uh, a few bits of this particular topic because 
Fellas, if you're listening tonight, of course, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, this issue. I see Brother Gene is over in our show chat room. Uh, good evening. Um, thanks for joining. Uh, let me know your your take on getting along with your ex because some of the topics that I want to talk about tonight is that, you know, some of us, we find ourselves single and so many people COVID did a number on us in 2020, and so many of us, we are waking up into this new season and this new year in what I call relationship recovery. We are in the middle of starting over. Um, There's some reasons, of course, why some of us have to stay in contact with the ex, Um, there are children involved, and If you can get to a civil agreement, that's wonderful and great. And others, um, some of the issues that uh, you wrote in about were the fact that everything is cool as long as you're both single. But the minute that the ex moves on with someone new, some of you don't know how to deal with that. So I'm going to touch on that for a while this evening because, listen, if that's bothering you, that's a clear sign that you're not ready to move on. Now, some of you, you may have been in your relationships for five weeks, five months, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years or more. And now you're finding that you're single. Some of you now, in hindsight, you're looking at the fact that you were in a bad situation all along. You just stayed for various reasons. And that brings me back to my morning motivation. And um, so this morning's titanium tidbit for the morning hum, I talked about strays. And I shared the story that a friend of mine had put up a picture on social media of her house cat sitting at the window watching the stray cat or the feral cat outside who was up on her deck on one of her lawn cha- on one of her chairs um taking a nap and she went on to say that she feeds the cat and she wants it to be safe and then her neighbor does the same and the neighbor has made a makeshift shelter for the cat and at some point when the cat gets more comfortable the neighbor is looking to take the cat in you know get it to the vet and all of that and take care of the cat it wants to take care of the cat and that brings me to the point that so many of us do the same thing with people in our lives with our insignificant or significant others Bottom line is simple, people. And I I got a wonderful response. Someone wrote to me about my morning um, meditation over on YouTube because I put up all of my uh, videos and podcasts on YouTube. Most of them go on YouTube, but the the, um, morning meditations certainly do. That way you can get them and you can see the closed captioning and all of that over on YouTube. But um, young lady said that she had recently moved to Baltimore and that she had left someone. And she said, you know, that the discussion about the stray was so timely for her. And 
she had gotten into the story, and I was hoping that she would stop by tonight and want to speak. But in the event that she's one of the people in the call query who's listening, listen. Many of us have gotten caught in that trap where we find people who give us all of the great words and things, and before we know it, they've moved into our space. And then, without even realizing it, we have convinced ourselves that this person is bringing something to our world, bringing something to our existence. They're bringing something to the table when they really are not. These are people, and if in hindsight, so many people have shared that. And the way that I sum it up is like I sum up talking about my ex because I told him years ago before we finalized our divorce that I said he and the neighbor that he had the affair with were going to make me a very popular person because they were going to become a part of my story. And now in 2021, it's time to bring them to light because he certainly, now that he's living in this neighborhood with her, he likes to try to infiltrate the neighborhood and make pretend like he belongs. And this is another person like so many other people that you wrote in about. He couldn't afford a box under a bridge on his own. But like he did when we were still married, he got very free about talking about his plans for her. And the thing is, anybody listening, if any of them, because, you know, these are the types of people that lurk and they listen to my programs and all of that. If you go back 10 years, way back when, you will see that I put the whole plan for the neighbor out there because he didn't have a problem telling me. Me? I I, I have a mind of my own. He needed that person where she's not going to question what he does. She's just glad to have him and his dirty dipstick all up in her rotten cotton. She could care less about what he's doing. And for some reason, some women think that, oh, I took your man. I'm like, boo-boo. Like I told her, I sent her one text and one text only, and I said something to the effect of, he's your problem now. And even when I told her parents back then they were still in the land of the living that he and I were getting a divorce and because um, he was having an affair with a neighbor. Her father was these dirty women, X, Y, Z, and these dirty women, they keep doing this. That was before he realized that that dirty woman that he was speaking about was his own daughter. And even when he was in jail in D.C., uh, they housed his van, and I'm sure no one was paying uh, making payments on in their garage, and he finagled his way into the house. But if you go back and you look at my former shows, you'll see that he was waiting for mommy and daddy to die. He was going to attach to her. And sure enough, mommy and daddy died last year, and the two most irresponsible people now live in the house in my backyard, a few yards away. And He's got one more time for me to hear that he's trying to speak ill of me as his ex-wife, who he abused, and he threatened to anyone to try to make himself look good and convince people that he belongs here. He's a squatter playing house with a whore at the backyard bed and breakfast because that's like a turnkey place. More people stay there, and there's several cars there. He may have a key, but he owns nothing. He hasn't finished his plan. His name isn't on that house yet. He's a criminal. He's a con artist, and he's a bum. 
And out of all of the women that he tried it with, and he must have, he totally misread me. Because when I divorced him, because if I didn't divorce him, rest assured, we would still be married right here today. I don't hold on to junk. That's like holding on to rotten garbage. You know, you don't keep all the garbage in your house unless you're some type of a hoarder, and that's a show for another day. You want to keep on all of that. That garbage is going to start to rot. It's going to smell. It's going to stink. It's going to mess up your world. No, 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 no. Like they say, one person's trash is another's treasure. Well, my trash is now her trash. The difference is that she is willing to accept it. Now, I don't know if he's equally as abusive to her behind the scenes because she's got family members to come and go. Several live in this neighborhood. Several live in that house. Others come to visit and stay a while. I don't know. And, you know, years ago, I'd always tell the story of him saying he wanted that Ford F-150, Ford F-150. I'm assuming that she helped him to get that Ford F-150 because he drives it faithfully. Now, when he was married to me, he didn't just have a suspended license. He had the revoked license. He didn't have a license, couldn't get a license in the state of Maryland, couldn't get a license in the state of Virginia, anywhere else. His business, instead of him continuing to make it a legitimate business, because you register a business name and claim that it's an LLC or whatever corporation he is, a limited liability corporation, doesn't mean that he's legitimate. It doesn't mean that he's bonded and that he has insurance. But remember, my ex-husband, this isn't a boyfriend or man friend or whatever you want to call it. This is an ex-spouse. He was a criminal then making pretend. And rest assured, he's probably still riding around without a license, with without a legal business, doing his business. And every now and then someone will contact me because on the internet, I guess that my address is still associated with him in some way. But you know, my thing is this, I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep thriving. I'm going to keep moving forward. But like I said, he's got one time to get out of line with me, and I'm going to drop both of them within the confines of the law. I'm C. Maria Wall, J.D., for a reason. That's Dr. Jurisprudence. Yes, I know exactly what needs to be done, and you always keep your enemies closer. And right now, I don't have a choice because he's pretty close in my backyard a couple yards away. But when you're not living right, he should learn how to stay in his lane and stay in the backyard squatting, playing house with his hooker at the bed and breakfast. And some of you may be saying, oh, you, you sound bitter. No, 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 no. A whore is a whore, period. And she's old school. She's over 50 years old. But like I said, that trash is her problem. Hey, I'm still thriving. I'm still surviving. I'm good. I'm still dating. I'm doing all of that. I'm good. There's at least one man in this world that loves me to death. I love him as a friend, but he wants me so, so much more. So the bottom line is simple. Yeah, I got quiet for a moment. I wanted to make sure and bring you all back. And then I'm going to go over to the chat room and read some comments from Brother Gene over there. But you all need to understand something. There is a way 
for you to survive and thrive, whether your ex is in your backyard, whether you're best friends, or whether you're not. But the thing is, is that you have to work on you. And once I read Brother Jean's comments, I'm coming back to working on you. What are you going to do to make sure that you don't fall back into that squatter slash stray trap again? Some people said that they were with their spouses or significant, now insignificant others for decades. And in looking back, even decades ago, some people were carrying these people even then. A lot of times there was drugs and or alcohol involved. They couldn't keep jobs. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. And they stayed in there, whether they say it was for the kids or whether they say it was because, you know, they had a nice home and they weren't giving that up for anybody and no hooker or hoe was going to move into their home and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, it is, it's been decades. You need to let all that go because you're missing out on your blessings, whatever they may be, by stressing over a memory. It's not a reality anymore. It is now a memory. So we need to understand this. Why do I talk about it? Because, well, because I'm the motivational and inspirational speaker. And in order for me to connect with people, I have to be transparent and share my story. It's as simple as that. I have to be transparent and I have to be able to share my story. Do I want that back? Ain't no way. Let me say this, and I've said this over the years on my program. The person who I fell in love with and married did not exist. Didn't exist. The man, the man that does exist had great potential, but he, out of his own mouth, said that it's easier for him to have someone that he can control his personal puppet, someone who's so damn desperate, they're just so glad to have him that he has full reign and control. And it's really sad in a way because I have a front row seat to see it, but I also will have a front row seat when karma comes knocking because you can't be that evil and not expect karma to find you at some point in your life. But do I sit out back? Stressing over this every day? No, absolutely not. I have a life. I have a life. And we're going to talk about how you can let this go and hopefully get a life of your own. And when we're older and more seasoned women, I hear it all the time. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. Listen, one thing that I did recently, and I told you all this before, it's wintertime where I am, so everybody wants to boo up and get hemmed up and hugged up and get that warm body in your cold bed. I just bought a really good electric blanket, and I like it. Until, of course, I have to come from underneath of it in the middle of the night because then I'm not using as much heat and all of that because I'm, you know, I have my space and I'm toasty warm. You need to learn how to love yourself and love yourself in your solitude. That way you won't continue the vicious cycle of accepting the strays or allowing the people who have strayed away from you to come back time and time again. Now we're going to go over to the chat room. So Jean says, 
they can't deal, then they have um then they haven't moved on. Or they are being petty and want to be the first to be in love. I like that. You make it a competition. You want to be the one in love. And it's okay as long as you have a boo too. But that's, as Jean said, it's childish and it's petty. Really, it's not a competition there. You all aren't even playing in the same field anymore. You're not even playing the same sport anymore. So, again, we need to let that go. They're trying to make it a competition on who found love first. Some will get in relationships just to say they have someone. Exactly. We're going to come back to that, too, because I just said you got to have that warm body in your cold beds. So what are you doing? You're going out, continuing the vicious cycle all over again. Jean goes on to say the worst exes are those who break up with you but want to give you hell when you have moved on to better. It's confusing how you're being petty when you were the one who left. They still don't want you to move on before they have. And that's true. And then you have some that know that they are living the biggest con and lie like my ex. And they want to come around and practically knock on the door, door by door. It was so funny. I was going out to the mailbox the other day, and the neighbor that lives closest to them that he tends to talk to a lot, one of them, he's at the mailbox. He's going to turn and start waving to invisible people across the street just so that he can't speak to me. And I'm like, man, bitch, you don't pay my bills. Keep it moving. You don't ever have to speak to me. Believe what you want. But if you had a grain of sense, you would know that there's something about a man who was married to a woman here. And now he's living in the back house with the woman there, still don't have no teeth in his mouth. And you're going to believe that he's right in the rain. And the way that he talks, he has to be heard. He has to be seen. He's going overboard. It's overkill to try to convince people that he belongs in a neighborhood that he doesn't belong in. Like I said, he's one of those types of people that if it wasn't for the neighbor, he couldn't afford a box under bridge for himself. Period. Period. And some people might say, well, why do you know so much about a simple? Because in the end, number one, he threatened to take me out. That's up on my YouTube page. One of the many voicemails that he left me is up on my YouTube page. He was abusive when we, he was here. Instead of him packing what little bit he brought into this relationship and moved across the back, to the whore's house when their parents was there. Maybe they would let him in and he could have been their living handyman. But I'm pretty sure that she's still taking care of him and he's still sweet-talking her. And he's not really bringing much to the table because, in my opinion, if you're going out here and you're working seven days a week and majority of the time you're not even home, and then most of the time, at the time that you're sitting at the mailbox in front of my house, then um, I'm sorry, when are you spending with your, with your lady? And it's been 10 years. Why aren't you married to her yet? Or are you telling her some type of a lie that we're still married and I won't let you go? I'm not too sure what's going on, but in order for him to get his name on that house, he's going to have to step up his name. But I believe that somewhere deep down he knows if he gets sick, 
I'm pretty sure he's uninsured. I'm pretty sure that let him screw up one time and some client or customer tries to sue him and they figure out he doesn't have any insurance, he doesn't have any bonding, he has nothing. He is literally a fake person riding around in a truck that he doesn't belong that his name isn't on. And she's taking care of him. He's one of those strays. And now she's in between a rock and a hard place because she can't let him go because by law, she can't throw him out. She can't get rid of him without going through the court system. And then, heaven forbid, because she's back in my backyard. So if that happens and she gets rid of him, oh, that would look bad for her. And he told me 10 years ago, it's not about love with her. It's about control. And she has given him everything that he wants. So he's living in a sizable house. And I guarantee you, he's telling all the women that he's talking to now that he has a house and he's got land and he's got this and he hasn't paid one penny towards anything. So with that respect, with that particular ex, you know, as long as he doesn't the line and he's got one more time for me to hear that he's talking ill of me and we will have a problem and I will drop him where he stands within the confines of the law, of course. Now, some of you, you tend to drop people and then it's not within the confines of the law and you end up in a worse place. So when I get quiet, that's that time that I give you to to uh, digest what we've set up to this point. Figure out where you can apply it in your lives. And if you know someone who needs to hear this conversation, please pass it along. And Jean goes on to say, well, you can't say he's a stray that led her astray. She knows exactly where she stands with him. I'm sure he's telling her the truth, no matter how much it hurts her feelings, because he knows she will stay just to stay, just to say she has a man. Well, man in the context context of identifying gender. Well, you know what? This is the kicker. I think that someone like him, he learned a lot from being married to me, and I think that he perfected his game. I think that he knows how to interact with the family, attempt to be more social, attempt. I think that he's again doing overkill to make the people know that it's got to be a lot of stress. Remember, he's gone from that house most of the day. So he spends very little time with her, if any. Now, doesn't appear that she's working anywhere. It looks like she might have some night job or something, maybe cleaning or something. Now, if she's supposed to be injured, of course, she's faking an injury. And, of course, you know, that's some insurance fraud. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there that makes no sense. And the only reason why some things that I know about is because, you know, neighbors talk. Neighbors want to see the drama. And then if I'm going out back, because, again, I have to go out back to fill, whether it's to cut my lawn or to fill my bird feeder or my 
to fill my bird fountains or whatever it is. Sometimes you see things that are really questionable. And I think that maybe the entire family is questionable. Maybe that's why they all get along so well. But is he really bringing anything to the table? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing what good he is. I, I, I just don't. But again, some people have very low expectations, but I do think that where my ex is concerned, that he learned how to play the game better. Because he's still a bum and a criminal. And the bottom line, if something happens to her, I guess maybe he'll shack up with sister number two, and then they'll move. She'll move from her house in the neighborhood to the big house, and then he'll still be able to stay and try to figure out, you know, face that to the family, say, oh, no, we're not doing anything. We're all here, you know. He can stay because he was living here with her, and I'm going to be in the other bedroom, and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a player player, and he plays a dangerous game. He likes to pit sisters against sisters, or he likes to, to play that game where he plays on the edge where I want somebody to see me. I want somebody to know what I'm doing. He's that kind of sick and twisted, and um, um, there's some other things about him. He's very homophobic. Everything is gay this, gay that, and gay the other. And one of the women that he was talking to when he was married to me, um, she had said point blank that um, he was gay and that um, she had wished that he had caught AIDS. And um, that was just one of them. And then there were some things that um, I questioned, but by then... I had um, definitely removed myself from that equation. Even though we were still living under the same roof, we were living separate lives when he knew at the time that we were getting um, a divorce. And then that one night when he had to take me to the hospital and I woke up the next morning because I was highly drugged and I had a blue cloth in my right hand and he was standing in my bedroom at the edge of my bed. And he told me now, I couldn't go to the courts and tell the judge that we didn't have sex, so I could not divorce him. So he had violated me when I was drugged. So he's a rapist. He's an abusive individual. He's a liar. He's a con artist. He's all of the above. And um, some of you may ask, well, what was I doing with him? This is the kicker. What are the chances of two men with the same first, middle, and last name born in the same month, one year apart, and a few days apart for the day that they were born, having identical criminal backgrounds? Back then, you know, there were several um, places you could go to to get background checks. I didn't get the true background check for him until after we were married. Had I known, I would not have married him in the first place. But by then it was too late, and depending on which judge you go before, when you're in the legal system, um, one judge point blank told me, you know what, he gave me this scenario that I could be put out of my own home and let him stay in the house. I had another judge tell me to come back when he could see bruises on my darker hued skin. And I explained to him that if you see a bruise, that means that I'm really way past hurt. 
if there's a bruise on my darker hued skin, because darker skin takes longer to bruise, that means that I am really hurt. But I spent over a decade helping people, and when I became just another statistic and number to the system, I got a chance to see things really from the inside. And so many of us are broken, as I said earlier. So many of us are broken. We let people like this come in, and what they do, they take all of our broken pieces, and they make a masterpiece. They just make what's called a masterpiece. I call it a masterpiece. Now, when you have someone who's genuine, who, who loves you and respects you and who cares for you, they won't take the broken pieces. They will be, take the best of the broken pieces and create you as a new masterpiece with the best of your brokenness. That's how it works. And so many of us, when we are breaking away from the strays and the X's, we get a chance to look and see, um, oh, my gosh, I was such a fool. And uh, I let this person do this and that. But then you get upset when that person moves on. And some people want that person back. And they convince themselves, and I proved the point. What point did you prove by wreaking havoc on this person's life? Because they're still going to move on. And they don't give a damn what you're doing, but you're feeding into their he go or she go or whatever it is. They're going to keep going doing their thing, and you're going to still be there arguing and making hell and raising hell for what particular reason? What reason? And, of course, this show is about getting along with your exes. And some people said we're great and we're wonderful. That's good. That's wonderful. Maybe we'll do a show where I'll invite you on, and you can show all these other people how to move on. You see, my hell is in my backyard, so I have to deal with it every single day. The difference is, and what I think bothers him the most, is that I'm not playing into the neighbors. I'm not playing into him. The other day he drove up and decided out of all the open space, he's going to come and sit in front of my house before he turns around, backs out of the space to go down to the backyard house where he's he's um, squatting. This is the man who abused me. This is the man who violated my body when I was under the influence of drugs when I came home from the hospital because he thought that that would stop me from divorcing him. This is the man who shortly after we got married complained that I wouldn't put his name on the house that I had built years before I even met him. The plan was for us to build a new home. This house was going to go back to being a rental like it was prior to, and we were going to build a new home that was big enough for the grandchildren and everyone. And then he had told his sister, Lord, rest her soul, because she put up with him and his lazy, sorry brothers for too many years, and she deserved better. But he told her that he was going to take my truck at the time that I had because it was the embodiment of his fake contracting company. Because he said, why would he want to be legitimate? 
When he can have a woman that's going to give him everything he wants, all he had to do was wait it out. And this was after, because he knew that I wasn't going to divorce him until that knock came on the door and he was served with papers. And the first thing he did was said, you're really divorcing me. I'm like, well, yeah, I told you I was. And he would do things like open up the bedroom window and have a one-sided argument. And it was so funny because one of my neighbors called me and he said, y'all arguing? I said, do you hear me saying anything? But see, these types of con artists and criminals, this is how they try to keep you in that bubble. And they try to create this world where you're the one who's the problem. And people don't realize, this is the beauty of studying law. Because so many people don't realize, oh, they were arguing. And like I told my neighbor, I said, and I had on my earpiece. He didn't even know when the phone rang because I just, you know, it comes through my earpiece. And I said, did you hear me say one word? She said, come to think of it, I didn't hear you. But if something major happened, everyone would say, well, yeah, they were arguing just the other day. They, but no one, if they really thought about it, could ever see that they ever heard me say one word. And as I said, when he threatened me and was calling me out of my name and doing all of that, that voicemail is still up on my social media sites. Because I have a rolling record of everything. And to look at his track record, he has a history of violence. Now, all of a sudden now, that's why I said to Jean, I said, the bottom line is that, yeah, she's, she's, a part, she's a willing accomplice in his mess. That's evident. That's been evident for years. But I guarantee that that truck is probably in her name or someone else's name other than his. Because he can't. He doesn't have any credit. He doesn't have anything, but he likes living the life. And, you know, to me, this is a, eh, it's just the neighborhood. I grew up here. But to him, he has arrived. It's like he's living in Beverly Hills. And I guarantee you, outside of her earshot and her family, he's boasting to everyone. He did it when he lived here, and I'm damn sure he's doing it now that he's living there. Yeah, I got a house and I, out and so-and-so, and I got, I got an acre of land, and I got this, and I got that. And he doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, and he can't afford a box under a bridge on his own. And we can go through all of the things when we first divorced, how I kept getting flat tires, someone stole my license plates. Oh, let's talk about the license plates. He had thought that it was odd that I could have sworn that the license plates was different on the car that he was driving. Turns out the car wasn't even his. The car belonged to his sister. And he was switching stolen license plates from one to another. If her insurance ran out, he put a stolen plate on the cars. He's just a criminal. He's just a criminal, but he learned how to play the game better. And now she has family all around her. I was isolated. I didn't have that luxury of having family around me. But he had all of these people. She has her son is living there sometimes. And like I said, it's like a bed and breakfast or something, a Airbnb, because there's always people coming and going. So he can't act up, but so much, he doesn't want anyone to see what he's doing, but I can't see him always. What's the word I'm looking for? Keeping up that facade. 
So for me, that particular ex, I have to deal with it every single day. We are not friends. We will not be friends. We share grandchildren and all of that. But, hey, if I had to deal with him, if the grandchildren were here and they wanted to see him, yes, we could probably make up some type of an arrangement. I'd probably tell the children's mother to take them there and then bring them back to me. But in my case, that particular ex, is a, it, it's a no-go. Now, do I have exes where we are the best of friends? We talk every week. We can sit down and talk for hours. Yes. Yes. Some I talk to on social media all the time. We were building lives together in certain circumstances, external circumstances caused us to break up. We just could not survive with all of the other things going on around us. Do I still love these people? Yes. Am I in love with them? I could be, but no, because I know that our time has passed. So another scenario for you all to look at. Those people, yes, talk to them all the time. Love them to death. If we had a chance to do it again, yes, some of them, I would give it another chance. But I know that they have moved on and I'm doing my own thing. And I'm content with that and I'm happy with that. So this is another side of the story. This is another side that I want you all to see. So right now I'm hitting like a no and a yes and a yes and a yes. So you can do this, but you have to be comfortable with who you are. Yes, some of you, you're waking up in 2021, you're in relationship recovery mode. You have to learn how to survive and live and thrive on your own. First things first, you have to get what we do. We offer mediation with a specialty in family law. I was just sharing with someone. He said that he had to go through mediation uh, recently with his divorce. And another couple said, another friend or acquaintance said that she wished she had known me because she thought that she was taken for a ride in her divorce. So there's always a place where we don't know until we know. So again, that's another reason why I decided to be that champion for people, to take it outside of the courts, to try to help people to come to settlements and agreements, amicable agreements, outside of court, because when you have that power, things tend to work better when you know that you had a stake in the outcome. So that's the difference, people. I'm thriving. I'm not worried about what he does. I do try to stay out of his way. And some of it is because I know that he's probably waiting to catch me somewhere. That's not going to happen. Because we have nothing to talk about. He doesn't need to see me. He doesn't need to do anything. He needs to stay in his lane because it's less traffic, continue to live his squatting life in the backyard bed and breakfast with his hoe until karma comes to knock on the door for them both for a host of reasons. 
Because you see, people like him will, at some point in time, pull down the ride and die chick that's in his corner. When they go down, they're pulling everyone down with them. To me, if you're working that much, you're gone eight days a week, eight days a week and, and, you know, 27 hours a day. Bottom line is that why are you living in the backyard? Shouldn't you put your woman in a beautiful, luxurious home somewhere, take care of her, not be driving around in her vehicle? Shouldn't you have multiple vehicles? What have you done for her lately? These are things that he knows she's not going to question. Where's your money, boo-boo? You don't have a car anymore. You're short. What are you doing in a big Ford F-150? Oh, that's right. That's what he wanted. And he finally found a woman that was foolish enough to get it for him. Because Sister Soldier here wasn't going to do it. Oh, no, that wasn't going to happen. Nope. Nope, 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 not today, Satan. Nope. And then even, oh, let's talk about this. Before I figured out that he didn't have a driver's license, I was cleaning up, and I found out that he was in Virginia in my truck at the time when we were married getting tickets that he didn't pay. So when it came time for me to get my tags renewed to something, I get hit with these tickets and out-of-state tickets that they would add everything to. And when I questioned him about it, he did everything but raise his hand to me. And at that time, his brother was in the house, and his brother pulled him aside and told him that he was dead wrong. And Mr. Passive-Aggressive, his brother wouldn't even let him continue down that path. He calmed down. So again, for those of you who have written to me, this is why I say I know what you've gone through, but why are you so upset for getting rid of those pieces of junk? I don't understand. Oh, that's right. You're afraid to be alone. There are support groups out here. I have a support group focus, females offering clarity, unity, and success. Part of that is relationship recovery. Part of that is us walking this road together to learn how to love ourselves and know that we're worth more than what we have been putting up with. We're worth more. We're worth more. We're worth more. We deserve respect. One of the most hurtful things that I heard when I first started to promote this was that males and females shared with me that their partners said they don't like them, they don't want to be married to them anymore. They tried therapy, they tried it, they tried counseling, they tried all of that. And it was like, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to be with you, the end. And it's amazing that everyone pretty much said the same story. They got aggressive with them. They were were no longer, they were cold-hearted, cold-blooded towards them. They, um, this is males and females. 
And out of that, only one, and he was a male, and this was a male. It hurt him for a minute, but he moved on. He moved on. All of the women who have written to me, minus one, you're all still angry and you're all still holding on. And I believe someone had posted a picture of like a butter container and they said, some of you are still mad about things that happened a long time ago. And they said, I can't believe um, you're still bitter. The bottom line is that some of you are holding on. And I was so surprised to see how many of you weren't talking about something that happened last week. Even my situation didn't happen last week. I divorced him 10 years. It was 10 years as of the 21st of last month was when our divorce was finalized. I mean, December the 21st. Yeah, December 21st of 2010, our divorce was finalized. The difference with my situation is that this past June of 2020, he moved into that house in the backyard after mommy and daddy died. He stuck it out with his puppet until mommy and daddy died, and then he moved in. So everything that he was hoping for, his plan, his plan is working out in his favor right now, but not really because he has to be living, looking over his shoulder every single chance because he knows that he's living one heck of a lie. And I could get into the identity theft and the ordering things and, and having them using my address and things like that. That's a story for another day. But this is right in my backyard. For many of you, for everyone who wrote to me, their exes don't live in their backyard. They don't live anywhere near them. But they're going far and wide talking to family members and looking them up on the Internet and trying to see where they are and finding out where they are and getting their numbers and seeing who they're dating and this and that and trying to make their new relationships fall apart. And What are you getting out of that? And no one really said self-satisfaction. No one. For those of you who are in our call query, if you want to join the conversation, you can press the number one on your phone. But I, I'm probably thinking that this is a real touchy subject. And if any of you on the call query are like, uh, <laughs> wow. The messages that I received before this program, you might be sitting there fuming because you're not ready to let go. There's something to be said. About the people who continually bring all that weight around with you year after year after year. Do you like being miserable? Do you like being depressed? Do you like being unhappy? Do you like living with those memories? 
And some of you, you say, yeah, we had a good time. We did this and we did that. And, of course, there's some people who are sending me messages asking, why aren't you talking about those of us who are perfect? We work. Congratulations. This is the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network. If you want me to give you praise, I invite you to call in and share how you made it work because there's a bunch of hurt people out here and COVID did not help. The closer I got to this program, the more it evolved as to how I would present things. And I've been pretty low-key and laid back for 10 years where my ex and the neighbor are concerned. But like I said, it's time to put it out there because being as though he's doing everything short of knocking door to door. Oh, yeah, uh, this happened and she was this and I couldn't live there and I couldn't stay there and I wasn't going to do this. And I'm waiting for him. I'm like, I can't remember whether the neighbor insinuated that he said that he had to divorce me. I'm like, that's an easy fix. You could go on the Internet and look us up and see that I divorced him. That's one lie down. Over in our chat room, Jean says, some people are used to the misery. It started at home way before they started dating, men, women, or whatever. Their childhood made them so used to dealing with misery that they find the familiar in a potential mate. And I think that you just touched on something because I think that, um, you know, this year I made it the clean break. I don't talk to my mother anymore. Um, I'm going to be sending a message to my son explaining some things that he was really lied to by somebody about where I'm concerned. And I think that it's time for me to um, finish cleaning house with some DNA disasters and moving on with the people in my life who love me. But yes, I agree, Jean, that I learned my life living under my mother's foot, living in an abusive home, it taught me how to be tolerant of the buffoonery and foolishness of the abuse. It taught me that I'm stronger than my situation. It taught me that. And the sad part is when with, with this last ex, though, I married a narcissist. I just married another outright narcissist. I married what I saw in my mother, what I saw in my brother. And, you know, if it is a gene or something, my son is a narcissist. My biological son is a narcissist. Um, It started a long time ago. And for me, I think, I just wanted to exist. And if I could align with the right person and we could be that power couple and we could do all of the right things and we could become successful, that would have been wonderful and great. But if it turned out to be just like everyone else, it's what I was used to. Not necessarily comfortable with, but what I was used to dealing with. Probably a show for another day. But It comes back to the vicious cycles. It comes back to us accepting what we know. It's no different than racism and everything else. 
We identify with the people who look like us. You don't look like me. It's going to probably be a problem. There's going to be a barrier. There's going to be a wall. We identify with things that we are used to. But at some point, we all get sick and tired. And I don't want you all to be sick and tired to the point where you cross the line in an unhealthy way. I want you to thrive. It is what? January the 2nd. This is a new season and a new year. Don't you deserve better? Talk about Let's just touch on this for a minute. I said earlier, some of you, you have to be in touch for the children. Don't use the children as bargaining chips. Even though my son's father and I, we had respect for one another to his dying breath, and we were, we talked for hours and, and, you know, so many strange things. You know, he said he wasn't married, but then a wife shows up. She didn't know much about him because there were some things that were just not right in what she had written, even in his obituary. Um, I have some papers and things that I know, and maybe, Maybe, just maybe, that woman filled my son's head with some lies that she knew nothing about because I was always that ghost in their relationship. Because his father and I, we had some pretty good, close conversations. He had, um, he wanted to talk to my mother to make peace with her. My mother declined. She refused to talk to him. Um, I found a letter from the late Elijah Cummings, I had written to him many, many years ago because to try to get help with child support because child support in Baltimore County in Maryland really sucked back then. It probably still does. Um, Nothing ever got done until I literally wrote to the White House and found out that they had a, um, like a deadbeat parent program that was national. And um, I wrote to him, and he sent me a letter, and he said that, once again, that my son's father continued to defy the courts, and the courts had put out an arrest warrant for him. That's how I found out that they had put out an arrest and that he was indeed arrested for non-support. But he was another one that wanted to do things his way, and he wanted me to conform to what he wanted, and I wasn't going to use our child or myself as bargaining chips for him to do what he had to do. And silly me, and this is like 35, 36 years ago, silly me, the court said that he was supposed to pay this amount and I was supposed to pay this amount because he wasn't doing the right thing. I went out and got a second job because I wanted my son to have as normal a life as possible. But in doing so, that allowed my mother to creep in and poison his mind. And to this day now in 2021, it's just the thing where I'm throwing in the towel. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of being the scapegoat. And if you know anything about psychology and family dynamics and being daughters of narcissistic mothers and dealing with a whole bunch of family full of narcissists, you know, the scapegoat is the worst position you can be in. 
but I never had his father arrested, never even thought about it. The courts said that because he was defying them. Went to court one day, he said he had nothing. Nope, he didn't have any money. The judge hit the Gavin. When he get to hit the Gavin when we were there, he said, then go to jail. Bailiff, take him out of here. He reached in his pocket and pulled out, I believe it was $750. He had just lied to the courts and said he didn't have any money. He had no intentions of paying for his own child. But in the end, my son ended up hating me and loving his dad like he was the best thing on the planet. And I got nothing but kicked yet again. So, you know, I'm tired. My mother is his mother. She said that he's her son. Good. Then I'll step out of the equation and let them be a wonderful, dysfunctional family. And I'm going to live my life and thrive. Jean says, um, please, that's the game that many play. The best way to get to, to hurt or force the other parent to do what they want is to use children. Whether it's denying them access to the children or turning the children against the other parent. I wish there was an edit because I need to edit the message, LOL. The best way to hurt or force. But, yeah, I, I got what you were saying, and, and I, I it's true. And we talked about it. His father and I talked about it briefly. And some of the many calls that we had, and we talked for hours. I mean, we talked for hours and hours and hours. And it was so funny that I believe it was around a week after he had died, I was over on my LinkedIn account and I saw that he had been on my account several times after he was dead. And I can only imagine who that was. And um, a lot of the things that he and I had shared was that, and, and honestly, I had thought for a minute that maybe we can get back together and make something work for the sake of our grown-ass child, but because he had told me that he wasn't married. As a matter of fact, his words were, I couldn't afford a wife and taking care of him, too. When the courts finally got him to do it, I would get lump sum payments like $18,000 or something. And, of course, my son thought that that was his money, too. He forgot that I worked multiple jobs to make up for what his father was not giving him. So, again, he hated me for that because I wasn't sharing the money that belonged to me because I had put up the money when he needed it when he was a child. So, yeah, people, there's so many dynamics to this. Why did I create Healing Through Hurt? Because I have been down that rough road time and time again. I know what it's like to have people try to fix you when you may not be the one that's broken. We see it too much, unfortunately. I see it in too many of my friends' relationships with their exes. The child is used as a pawn to hurt. It hurt me more. You know, over the years when I had a mother who was putting poison in his mind and he carved that he hated me in the side of his new bedroom set that I bought for him or that he called me a bitch several times over. I don't want that bitch doing a goddamn thing for me. I don't want that bitch. So I'll be a bitch because guess what? This bitch is walking out of his life come 2021. The bitch is gone from his life because I will be a bitch no more. You know, my ex-husband, he always called me a black bitch. Black bitch, a bitch. I said, call me a bitch one more time. 
In the end, he knew, call me a bitch one more time. We can all go to that road, but for the grace of God. And he always worried, where are your guns at? Where are your guns at? Why? Why are you worried about my, my, my firearms? Why are you worried about my weapons? He had a lady call years ago. She said, well, she said that she went over the edge. She hung up before she finished her story, but she said, yeah, she said, you're a better person than I am because she went over the edge. Don't know what she meant by that. Don't know when she went over the edge. But, um, I'm assuming that her situation didn't turn out so well. So, yeah, I'm leaving a lot of the heartache and pain in the past and in this new season and year. My son is a grown-ass man, but he has no idea how he was used as a pawn. And back then there was a woman, and I don't know if the, the alleged wife was the woman that he was dating, that his father was dating back then. But I know that she had to have known that I was always that ghost in, 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 in their relationship. Because to this day, and when his father and I spoke, he still said that I was his first love. Now, she claimed that she was all the first love all up in the obituary. And I'm like, uh-huh, okay. All righty then, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But I, my hand to the Lord may strike me down if that man didn't tell me that he wasn't married. And we talked for hours. When I say hours, six, seven, eight hours straight. Maybe not that. Well, did we talk for eight? We could have. But whenever he went in the house, I heard him unlock the door and things. I never heard anybody in his apartment. So I don't know where she was. Maybe they worked on different shifts. But. She knew nothing about my relationship with him. She knew nothing. So for this woman to try to poison my son further when I already had family members poisoning him, and even at his father's repast, the family members were, I walked in and, and his father's brother hugged me. He said, you know, we've been trying to find you and this and that, really? And I got introduced to the family members. It was so weird. Because they were walking around introducing me to the family members and the wife and her little entourage were over in a corner of her own, the alleged wife. I don't know who she was. Because my thing was me being in mommy mode. I'm like, if you're not really his wife and he didn't have a will, then whatever property and inheritance that he had would go to his only child, which would have been my son. But then, you know, my son doesn't like me as the bitch, so who am I to get involved with a damn thing? So I know what some of you are going through. I know the hell that these exes have put you through. I know. Been there, done that. I'm proof that you can make it through. You can move on. You can thrive and survive with all of this.
whether you have children that want to blame you for everything because the exes have made you have used them as pawns and they don't realize it. You know what? You can rise above that. You make your peace, you say what you have to say, and then you move on. You can love people and love them from afar. Or you can not love them and just let them go all together. You can do this. I'm talking all of it because I'm getting rid of all of it. I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. And I'm not going to spend the rest of my life walking on eggshells and being silent when everyone else is calling me out my name and telling me all the bad things that I did and they don't know a damn thing about anything. I know what you're going through. This is what Focus After Dark is all about, speaking about all that shit that some of you have been carrying around and been silenced about. That's what this is about. You can make it past all of that. Can, do you, are you going to cry? Possibly. You get all of that out of your system and you move on because you deserve all the love, respect, and honor that you have given to everyone who's never given one inch of it to you. One inch or one minute of it to you. You deserve all of that. And you can't have that. If you continue if you continue to let people walk all over you You're going to remain a victim to your past. You're going to remain a victim to your ex. Now, when your ex broke all the chains and broke all the ties, why are you grabbing all those chains and ties and putting them back? It's like, I don't want you anymore. I'm breaking all ties with you. Oh, no, no, let me pick up these chains and let me just hang them all back around me. Nope, nope, nope. You're still tethered to me. No, you're not. I'm doing this because, people, I know what you're going through. I know the struggle that you have. Jean says, people will swear they know your story just from what they see or what they have heard. And have not had one conversation with you or even asked you to share your life and story. And, you know, it's odd you brought that up because I had a family member tell me they didn't want to know. <laughs> they got to take one side of it. They didn't want to know my side. They said, if you want to tell me, I'll listen. You just said you didn't want to know. You can't have it both ways. So if you don't want to know my side, then you don't want to know. Again. Got to go. I don't have time for that. And that person told me that last year, 2020. Oh, I take it back. I don't want to know. Oh, so you're just going to take what she tells you. And this now I'm talking about my mother now, but you don't want to hear my side. But if I decide to tell you, you'll sit down and listen. But you've already made it clear that you don't want to know. And you've made it clear where your allegiance are. This is why so many families have broken people because 
People believe the smooth-talking abusers, and then they don't want to ever give the victims a chance. Those who were victimized never get a chance. Jane says, we know all too well that people will act a certain way towards you, whether it's disrespectful or avoiding you, simply because people they thought were friends spewed some lies to them. And they thought they could trust the the source until the source does the same thing to them when they feel the person stepped out of line. But see, that's the thing. That's what I was just talking about earlier with, like, my mother and the ex. They will talk shit about people behind their back. But they won't talk shit to their face because they have to keep that facade. Jane says, narcissists are expert at playing the foolish. Oh, yeah, but this is the kicker. And they know that they got a bunch of dumb bunny foo-foos that have fallen for what they say. But like I said, where the ex, the husband is concerned, he got one more time. And I'm going to bring it out there. I'm like, y'all want to see a show? I'm going to give him a show within the confines of the law, of course. Because he got one time because he certainly isn't living right. My mother, I'm done with her and all of her buffoonery and foolishness. I'm done. I'm done. That's history. Her, all her disciples and the DNA disaster, I'm done. Done. I don't even waste my time to respond to things anymore. And I'm happy right where I am. And I'm thriving right where I am. I'm thriving. You know, it's one of those things where (sighs) I'm ready to exhale. I've cried my last tear back in 20-whatever. I don't know which year, 2000-and-whatever. But now I'm ready to breathe. And the more that I stay away from all of them, the more the air becomes more clear, crisp, and fresh. What are you going to do? For those of you who have wonderful relationships, hey, I'm so happy for you. You want to come on here and share your success stories, feel free to do so. But there's more people out here now than ever before who are hurting, who don't know how to move on. That's why tonight I was compelled to share more of my story, open, raw, just out here. Clarified, do, do, am I still in love with my husband? No, because the person who I fell in love with and married does not exist. I never would have married the monster in my backyard. I never would have married that. Secondly, I've had people say, "You, I, oh, it was so funny. A, a colleague of mine said that her daughter said, it feels like she's still bitter and she's still in love. Let me make this perfectly clear. Don't mistake bitterness with passion. 
I'm passionate about helping you all to move on from this. This is not about it. It's about you. It's about me being passionate and letting you see that I'm here for you. I want you to understand that we can walk this road together. We can work together towards your health, healing, and happiness. I am here for you. Healing through hurt, I talk radio. Healing through hurt. That's an ugly part of my life, but it is a part that I have to be transparent about and share in order for me to connect with you. And then there are some people when I've done speaking engagements where they've said, and I thought I was going through something. I said, I'm not going through anything because guess what? Nobody's going to come knocking on my door. Karma isn't going to come knocking on my door unless it's good karma. My bills are paid. My house is almost paid for. I'm not squatting. I own this. I am the original owner of this house. I had this house built from the first plank of wood. I had this house built. This is mine. This is a legacy that I'm leaving for my little family, my little blended family, for my grandchildren when I'm gone. This is what I'm doing to help build generational wealth. This is my home. When I look out at the security cameras, guess what? My vehicle. Bought with credit where I had zero down and zero interest. I only pay owed on on the vehicle. I, there's no interest. There's no. I only pay principal because I worked to get my credit back to where it was. Because when he left me, he left me with faith, forgiveness, and four cents. But guess what? I built my life back. I sleep good at night. I know that when I needed to get a roof on this house, house I was blessed enough to pay cash. As much as I would like to have a significant other right now, I am single and I am working on me and I am thriving. No signs, people. You don't have to take in a stray. You don't have to stay with a stray. You don't have to stay with someone who's strayed on you time and time again. And you keep allowing that person back into your life and your your space. You don't have to do that. You deserve more. And if you end up being single, learn how to love the person that you see in the mirror. I believe it was last year I said, why can't you order your favorite meal? Put on your favorite music. Light that candle. Get those bubbles out. Take that bubble bath. Pamper yourself. Get a good night's sleep and start fresh. We made it through Christmas. We made it through New Year. And now here comes Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh. You all going to be right back to ground zero, sub-zero. I ain't got nobody. You know, several years I went out, and, and when you walk in, if you're by yourself, 
some of the restaurants actually gave us roses. It's like, yeah, I'm by myself on a holiday. Well, you know, we have a rose for you, and we have a special singles treat. Really? There's all kind of things, perks and things. You better go out there and learn how to get those perks. Like I said, I bought me a new electric blanket. I'm toasty warm. I don't need anybody in my bed. Two things. If you all go back a few months, you'll see where I said I bought a brand new mattress. Guess what? And guess what? Nobody's coming in this house. Nobody's sharing my mattress. This mattress belongs to me. Nobody slept on this mattress but me. Bought an electric blanket. I'm toasty, warm, and comfortable on my new mattress. Don't be too quick to let a stray into your space. And don't let a stray that's gone out there and did whatever come back because you don't know what they're bringing back with you. This show is about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I already said there's a few that I would go back with them in a heartbeat. I'd give us another chance if we had that chance. I certainly would. But I know at this point, our time is over, and it may never come back. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay if it happens. It would be a wonderful, wonderful surprise. But I'm also okay and at peace with the fact that it may never happen. This is how you move on. Just want to give you all that moment, this moment of silence for that clarity. Do you now? You're in a new season. What are you going to do with it? Going to continue to wallow in your sorrows? Or are you going to take the best of your broken pieces and create that new masterpiece in this new year? So that's where I'm going to end the program I want to thank Brother Gene for joining me tonight. I want to thank you all sticking with me in the call query. You know, I got a wonderful message from a young lady who listened to my um, morning motivation, which I spoke about earlier when I talked about the strays. As a matter of fact, I just got another email from that young lady. People are writing to me as I'm speaking, and I'm obviously I'm speaking what you all don't want to say to yourselves. And, you know, that's how I started this. I became the voice of the people who were crying out in silence, and it looks like in 2021 I'm back to being that voice. But when I speak, it's so good to know that you all are listening. And because of that one piece that I did this morning, and I don't usually do a morning motivation on 
a Saturday morning. I usually do not. This morning I decided to do one. And the funny thing was I did multiple takes on it because there was something wrong with all of them. And the last one that I did, I said, okay, I'm going to put this one up. And I shared it on um, all of my social media and YouTube. And I got two very long messages from someone on YouTube. And she joined my uh, women's social group, which is on Meetup. And um, she just sent me another email. Among the rest that I'm getting while the show is going on, but I want you all to understand this. I will continue to be your voice until you're strong enough to speak for yourselves. I promise you, I'm only going to tell you what you need to hear. I'm never going to tell you what I know you want to hear because so many people have told you what you wanted to hear this long. And that's why so many of you are in the predicament that you're in now. You put up with too much of people telling you your wants and not attending to your needs. And once they have you hook, line, and sinker, it's hard to get rid of them. Some people you can't get rid of. We're talking about people who are really exes, and I made the mistake of doing this thing that people didn't even know was a real, um, that you could do when you're in the middle of a divorce. It's more common now or more well-known, but yes, you can live separate lives under the same roof for economic reasons or financial or, or whatever, or you might have a special needs child or something else going on, a situation where it's um, it's more advantageous for you to try to stay together during the process to give each member the chance to prepare for the separation, the final separation. I should have just put the ragtag bum out from the get-go. But, you know, a lot of people think that this is just a sick, twisted, sadistic situation. And I'm like, it may very well be, but I'm so much stronger than he gave me credit for. And when you're living that life where you have to look over your shoulder all the time, he's the one that's sleeping with one one and a half eyes open every night, not me. He's the one that's got to play that role wondering, oh, because even when we were here, he was always paranoid. And sometimes he'd tell on himself thinking that I had been talking to one of his women or doing something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, snap, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, nope, but I do now. And the neighbor is named in our divorce, first, middle, and last name. Oh, yes, yeah, she's named in it because she went above and beyond to lie on me and tell him about things she knew absolutely nothing about. And he, in turn, would take what she said and come home and attack me, whether it be verbally or physically. Now, usually when I say physically, um, I mean that night when he violated me, when I was not able to defend myself. He usually would throw things at me because he had this thing about, in his mind, if he threw things at me and it made contact, 
I couldn't go and tell the judge that he put his hands on me. Somehow he thought that throwing things was different than touching me physically with his hand or his fist. So you see, I live in a world of facts. I studied law. So when I say the neighbor is a hooker and a slut and a hoe or whatever name I want to give her on any given day, you know, he calls her a puppet. I add the puppet hoe, puppet slut. I add that part to the end. But he called her his his living puppet. That he has her right where he wanted me to be. And one thing that the judge told me during my final divorce hearing was that I want you, she said that she would put it in the records that I was very articulate and well together and seemed like I was very strong to put up with all that I did and that I was no one's property because he also called me his property. So I know what you're going through, people. All of these things that I've shared tonight is well documented through the courts. So it's not like it's anything that I'm making up or embellishing upon because it's all there. It's all public record. So my family life, I'm dealing with him. All of that inspired me to finish what I started years ago. I studied law in undergrad and I got up as old as I am. I woke up and I said, I'm going to law school and I finished it. Take all of that negativity, take all of that hurt, take all of that pain and use it as your positive driving force for you to go back to all of your hopes and dreams and your goals. Use that as the force to push you towards your completion. Make this new season and year your time of completion. This is your season. This is your time. Now it's up to you to decide what you're going to do. It's wide open. So let me give you our contact if you're ready to at least start working towards your recovery process. Office number is 202-618-2556. 202-618-2556. Now, all of our programs, our podcasts, they're all sponsored by the Wall Foundation Incorporated, which is an IRS-recognized and approved 501c3 nonprofit. Visit our website at thewallfoundationinc.org. There is a contact form there. You can also click on our listening room and listen to all of our podcasts as well. Or you can visit us, uh, The Wall Foundation, Inc., on YouTube if you're hearing impaired. All of our podcasts up there with closed captioning for you. You can write to me. You can email me at letsgrow at cmariawall.com. That's letsgrow at cmariawall.com. 
and I will get your email and be sure to uh, write back to you. Just like I said earlier, I'm doing now. I have a lot of emails that I will be responding to when the show uh, ends. If you want to write a personal letter through the snail mail that is the United States Postal Service, our mailing address is Post Office Box 272 in Randallstown, R-A-N-D-A-L-L-S-T-O-W-N, Maryland. Two one one three three. Reach out. We'll be here to grab you by the hand and help you walk this road and this journey of this thing called life together. You don't just need people who are talking a good game in your corner. You need people who are doers, movers, shakers, the people that will motivate, inspire, and encourage you to keep moving forward. You cannot move forward if you're wasting your time, breaking your neck, looking backwards at all of the heartache and pain. Again, we'll be back the first Saturday of every month with Focus After Dark. If we get a lot of momentum, we may add more programs, but because we are evolving and we're adding so many things in this new season and year, I don't want to overburden with one program when we have several that um, we do. In, in addition to the other podcasts, the Titanium Tidbits for the Morning Hum, Um, We have uh, the Focus podcast that we do every now and then. So between Titanium Tidbits and Focus After Dark, we're going to keep going with this because this is the very beginning. And with such a positive um, response, we know that we're on to something special here. And so many people think that um, what I've found over almost 11 years of being in this realm and doing uh, this type of work is that it is my calling to be the voice for those who do not have a voice yet. So I'm going to keep being your voice for as long as you will have me. So until next time, I want to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn the frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be knocking at your door or coming your way at this very moment and beyond. Stand up, brush yourselves off, and prepare to move forward into your destiny, into your hope, health, happiness, and maybe even new love. Who knows? Well, matter of fact, you will move into a new love Because the first love that you should have is of the person that you see in the mirror. And everything else will fall in place. 
Have faith in the person that you see in the mirror. Know that they are stronger than you have given him or her credit for. So until next time, be on the lookout this week for more of the Titanium Tidbits for the Morning Hum. Again, if you don't catch the live broadcast, you will be able to go to our YouTube channel, The Wall Foundation, Inc., and you will be able to catch them there with closed captioning. So until next time, be well, be blessed, and know that no matter your shape, color, cut, or clarity, a diamond is still a diamond because of its density, its hardness, its resilience. That's what makes a diamond. Shine brightly. And I want to thank everyone over in our call query, Brother Gene, for joining me tonight. I'm going to get over here, and I promise you I'm going to get to all of the emails that have come through. Up until about midnight, I'm going to be responding to them. So until next time, remember, we'll be back here again at 11 p.m., first Saturday in February, for another session of Focus After Dark. And send me your show suggestions. I want to know what you want to talk about next. So until then, take care. We begin for this series. Our theme song is Tori Lee, Feel the Beat. So as we begin, we will end. With Miss Tori Lee. Feel the beat. I'll see you soon. Baby girl, tell me how did you squeeze up in them jeans? What you mean? I know there's room for me to fit between. It's obscene. The way you move that thing like a machine. So with me, a back like that should be a magazine. Baby, you got me sick right now Cause girl, you looking too thick right now And if you want to, we can dip right now Yo, grip on my crib, we can get right there I'm doing my thing and I'm coming now I'm in my own lane, what you talking about? DJ's on point, music playing loud I'm looking good, drinking good, and I say it proud You better know I'm buying out the bar when I'm up in the
Now you're gripping my crib, we can get right down. Now I know how this might sound. Enough with all the shit chat, just pipe down. Once I get you back home, shorty, it's lights out. Now looking for Miss Right, just miss right now. Miss right now. 